0: Here it is, podcast, September seventh, twenty twenty, Labor Day. Labor Day, happy Labor Day. Um, tonight, um, as promised in some earlier promos, we got a got Sean here, who's a a retired Chicago police officer. B- within the last year, we're just kind of going to let him talk about you know what's happening up there, what what kind of you know the day and the life. You know, he's still got friends up there who are working and dealing with it every day, so. Sean, yeah, you know we're gonna let the we're gonna open up the floor to you. You just tell us kind of like you know a little intro. You know, who you are
1: when maybe when you joined the police force or where you grew up or stuff like that, or anything you wanted to
2: Yeah, I uh I was born and raised in Chicago, Uh, typical, uh, I should say (laughs) atypical Irish, you know, family up in Chicago. Just a sister, (laughs) two (laughs) two kids which was unusual. Um, my dad was born in <laughs> Ireland, had like 12. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, the largest we had in the family was eight. So, um, but my dad was born in Ireland. He left when he was 17 years old oh, and like cool. they're in the mid fifties. Yeah. Um, so you guys came over late. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he went to England first for a little bit and, and then came here. Um, so he was more, um, my dad was a stationary engineer. He was a, a 399 union guy up North and, Okay. Um, so, they worked on air conditioning units and high pressure boilers and all that stuff. So, everybody oh, yeah. kind of figured that would be Sean's path. You know, that, you know, follow dad's footsteps and well, go in the trades. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, uh, you know, I was always one of those kids that when I heard a siren outside the house, instead of running to the window to find it, I'd be on the bike trying to find it. You know, I mean, I just wouldn't see if it's coming by the house. I was trying to find it. And, yeah. <laughs> um, so, it, you know, it was always kind of in my blood. To this is what I wanted to do. Um, my collegiate career did not go quite how the uh, the plans were, and uh, after getting kicked out of college, uh, the old man looked at me and said, "You know, what are you going to do?" I said, "I don't know. <laughs> you know, it just happened." And I disappeared for a couple of days and came back, and of course, he was even more pissed than he was with <laughs> with the uh, yeah. the letter. And uh, and I said I came up with Plan B, and he's like, "What's that?" And I held my right hand up and. I, Sean Ronan, do solemnly swear to uphold the Constitution. He's like, what? I'm like, I joined the Army. He's like, that's not what I was talking about. I go, too late, I'm in. So I did uh, did some reserve time, uh, got lucky. I got activated and, uh, in supported Desert Storm. Yeah. And then when I got back, I uh, started testing with police departments all over Illinois. And um, I was going to Western Illinois University at the time. I got hired by Macomb, Illinois, which is where the, the university was. It was a little rural town. Okay. okay. Out by the quad, or yeah, south of the Quad Cities, um, okay, between, yeah. between Peoria and Quincy. Oh, okay. where Peoria is. Yeah, um, you know, so I was a cornfield cop, and then Chicago came through, and I worked there for 27 years until uh, until I retired this year. So you started off in a rural area and then mm-hmm. moved into the city. Hmm.
1: Um, so what made you want to go from a rural area to some place like
2: Chicago, which is kind of known for being a little apprehensive towards police. (laughs) Just, um, I mean, you know, my knowledge base at the time wasn't about being anti-police or, you know, um, any of that. It was just, I was born in Chicago. I mean, when I thought about being a cop, it it was just, I'm going to be a Chicago Chicago cop. That's it. You know, I mean, this is where I live. This is where I'm going to do it. And, you know, let's have some fun. And uh, so that's kind of how it worked out for me. That makes sense. Because I'm sure that place had a
1: little bit more... You know significance to you now you've gone out and you've come back and you've done a few things. it's like, all right, so now I want to help out right. the place that I grew up in right. that you know and,
0: well i guess I guess the question is like even with you know inside you know being a police officer in Chicago and I mean did they like send you to like the neighborhood that you that you lived in did,
2: or did they send you to different neighborhoods um no, so kind of the way they do it is if you're designated as the class president or class coordinator. You get to pick where you want to go, and usually that person will take the nicer districts, like where I grew up, or you know what right. have you. Um, you know, I, the way I looked at it was, if that's what I wanted, I would have stayed in the cornfields. Right. You know, I, I so, wanted I wanted to be the police. I wanted to have fun. I wanted the action and the excitement. And right. I worked I worked the west and south sides my entire career. Right. You yeah. know, except for yeah. maybe a short time, but yeah, you know. So I was I was in the thick of it for for right. all of
0: it. I'm familiar with the South side. I'm, not you know, not mm-hmm. real diverse. But you know, the West I guess must have been exciting yeah. too. Apparently, yeah, <laughs> yep.
2: they're always competing,
0: <laughs> right? But um, I mean, as far as you know, you know, what,
2: what's what's like a normal day? What would have been a normal day for you? Um, you know, for the average patrol officer when I was in uniform, um, you know, it's just handling routine radio calls, whatever comes in. Um, you know, you have what we call up up, up in Chicago is our in-progress job. So robbery in progress is shots fired, person shot, um, you know, anything along those lines. Those, right. you know, naturally amp you up a little bit and, you know, you get a lot more resources going to those because they're typically just violent scenes when you get there. Um, but, you know... A, like we say, it's 90% boredom or routine mundane stuff, you know, <laughs> and, and, and then 10 per, 10% sheer terror. Sheer I mean, it's just, okay. yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You yeah. know,
1: well, that's uh, that's a lot of the main focus is thats is that 10%, Yeah, you know, I think that's where a lot of, a lot of this stuff stems from, and It's just those situations where, yeah, it could be, you know, just your normal person, like, in a traffic stop, whatever, or it could be somebody that's... Got a warrant, or they decide that they're not going back to you know prison mm-hmm. or anything like that, and it's you know you got to kind of look at everything. So I almost wonder, isn't it, if people take that into consideration that it's you're not looking at people like, oh, I bet this person is doing something wrong. It's just you know that there's a chance, and especially given what part of town you're in, or if something is going on in the immediate area, and you're looking for somebody, I don't think people take like the other factors into the account. So like if you're if you're in the area looking for somebody and you you stop somebody, like you know, what's going through your head at that point? I'm sure it's a million different things.
2: Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if I mean, if they were able to analyze it, I'd say, yeah, there's probably a million things going through your mind. But in the moment, it, it's it's no different than you know those of us that were in the military and and deploy. Right. You just you you rely on your training. You're just yeah. you're not thinking. You're just reacting, reacting to your training. You, you know, yeah. Again, and it's that, it's that muscle time. memory, and you know.
0: Right, and I think that's what people a lot a lot of times forget inside. You know, in law enforcement, that you know, you know, you want to get home, right? You want to get home to your family. Yeah, yeah. you know, you're dealing with you know armed felons mm-hmm. are they possibly armed? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if we talk about you know some of the things that happened, you know, like you know the one guy who that happened in Wisconsin. You know, before they got out of the car, the dispatcher said, "Hey, this guy's got warrants." Right, so they they're going to arrest him now yeah. <laughs> that's it they, obviously he's broke his restraining order that are not supposed to be yeah. but and you he know he's getting yet. arrested yeah. and he <laughs> broke his for
1: sexual assault and he <laughs> took her keys and was there and wouldn't leave and she called the, called the police. police like why why are they uh questioning you know the well, why are they so focused on just uh, the end part of that like all a lot of the videos that i see because i'll kind of go through and look at um uh, like left-wing, like uh, you know, video clips and stuff, and like Reddit and shit like that. And you see these video clips and stuff like this because every time and anything like this happens, it's gonna go there before you see it on TV. Yeah. And you're gonna see the end part of all of it and the reaction from everybody, right. and that's it. That's right. all you ever see. And then everybody goes through, they tear shit up, and then the actual body cam footage, which we have now, yeah, comes out, and you see
2: the the initial part. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing like what they are portraying. Right. It's you know, I mean, and again this oh my god. We can we can start this back to the professor from Harvard that was, you know, detained by the police and you know, for mm-hmm. climbing through his window and there was the infamous beer summit at the White House and mm-hmm. you know, I mean that was the first incident where it put law enforcement under the microscope. I mean, right. you know, okay, fine, we can talk Rodney King in the early nineties, but in, in our modern time, that that started kind of this this movement of anti police, second guessing, Monday morning quarterbacking. Right. Um, yeah. You know, know it's yeah, that that exactly. was pretty much the first one that Convicting started in it. the next day in the media. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's mob justice. Absolutely. And you know, a bunch um, of armchair politicians. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like you're saying, you know, they're they're looking at
0: a, a three snip. second
2: blurb. Of right. a seven minute video and yeah. saying here look you know yeah. the police are you know acting inappropriate or they're shooting indiscriminately right. or, you know I because mean, they're too focused on
1: building this additional context that rather than looking at okay how big of a problem is this really and what can we do to solve it it's oh well if, if i look at this part that fits the example that i want to take and say look this is what's happening but you don't like, you can't pick apart one piece and then write your own script after that. It's right. right. <laughs> you have to look at the reality of the actual situation that happened. And you can't escape from that. And then the footage comes out, and then it's like, well, it doesn't matter,
2: we'll go on to the next thing. We'll just keep going Right, on. and they never retract, and they never give an apology. It's just, right. you know, hey, you know what, that ship sailed. Oops, sorry. No, you know, like, sorry. the best <laughs> thing that you get is not even a retraction. It's just
1: they stop talking about it and move on to right. something right. else.
0: Yeah, and, then, you know, and even, even if you look back to, you know, the Rashad Brooks thing when he was passed out in the... In the Wendy's parking lot. And yeah, there's 25 the minutes yeah. of footage of those officers talking to him. Right. Like, in getting him out there. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, hey, you know what? You're over the limit. You're going to have to be arrested. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then as soon as they went to handcuff him, it breaks out. Yeah. Why isn't
1: the <laughs> the fact that he got in a physical fight with two police officers, took one of them's was running away, and then pointed at the cop that was chasing him. Right. Like... The, you, all you can see is like oh they shot him in the driveway like they walked up knocking the window like oh hey we got a, we got one here yeah. pow pow yeah. like no that's yeah. ridiculous right. so you see the entire before part which everything went like none of them were dicks though so we're yeah. pulling them out like you know like right. being um, really unprofessional that's or anything idea. it looked like just like somebody who got drunk and passed but out then, in the driveway then, which happens yeah. <laughs>
0: but then you had that DA who shows up the next day and says you know we're charging these officers mm-hmm. with murder Mm-hmm. And you know, and then the GBI comes in and says, "Hey, what are you talking about? Right. We haven't even we haven't even started the investigation, really." Exactly. You know? I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> so maybe, that's a, maybe that's a good. But then that that district attorney ended up getting indicted, indicted, remember, indicted for fraud for fraud. You know, yeah. Like, you know, he was good. like the CEO of two of the companies that that were awarded some oh, big yeah. contracts yeah. in Atlanta,
1: right? <laughs> maybe that's a good. Uh, topic to go into because yeah. i really i'm curious how it makes uh you know like patrol officer anyone else in the police department feel when you have people who aren't prosecuting people for the crimes they commit so you arrest people and then they're back the next day hey. because they refuse to charge
2: them with anything it's, yeah, it's you know i i mean obviously and I, I, I've, I've done this several years um and I, I learned early on, because I had some very good FTOs. I had some very good bosses that I worked for, great instructors. Mm. Um, and, you know, they were very realistic about the, the you know, the 3 prong criminal justice system. You know, you had the police, you had, um, you know, the court system, and you had corrections. And like they said, two out of the three, you can't freaking control. Right. So, yeah, right. you know, do your portion and... Be honest and sincere in what it is that you're trying to do, and you're going to hopefully, you know, right. save your mental health from going right. batshit crazy, crazy yeah. Right, because of, you well, know, well, I
1: like the military, too. You got a lot of people, like, uh, you know, it's, it's hard for people to have, like, regular married family lives. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, like, alcohol abuse. Suicide's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a stressful, yeah. stressful thing it's to do. definitely, go through.
0: A, you know stressful and you know and even as even as a police officer in a large city like yourself you know I'm sure you you know I don't you know I'm not sure but I'm sure you probably had some incidents that were probably not you know oh
2: you know that were that like, like wow well, I'm glad I got home tonight you know yeah you know I mean there's and this is where you know I mean there's there's a lot of ball busting in the in the in the first responders family you yeah. know whether it be paramedics firefighters um, you know law enforcement um you know we we call the firefighters america's heroes you know go ahead and just ask them but you know yeah i mean they, they can show up to a kitchen fire break every window in the house for ventilation and they're thanking them at the end of the day right you know yeah. we're the we're always seeing people in the worst possible moment in their life right. you know yeah. Typically, you know, and, dad's and, 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 dad's getting locked up because you know right. it's a domestic, and usually, you know, right. And eight when you times show out up, of ten, nobody
0: it's a, wants you there, right? Not or even they the want per- you there until somebody's in cuffs, and then it's like, well, what
1: the well, hell? That's not yeah. what we wanted, you know? Like, well, no, that's what happened, mm-hmm. and there's a reason that we're here.
0: This is the reason that he's a chairman. But then, then you start, you know, and even in mm-hmm. the fact, like, you then you start pulling
2: IDs, and you're like. Oh, well, there's, there's a warrant for your arrest, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> and it's, you know, I mean, again, law enforcement is granted a, you know, a huge duty, a huge sense of responsibility and, and power, right. if you will, because, you know, we do have the right, statutorily, to take away people's freedoms. I mean... Right. So, you know, we should be held to a higher standard. I'm okay with that. Um the problem I have is the immediate Monday morning quarterback. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody thinks, you know, and again. They think well, policing's an easy know, job. It would, have to come with a, <laughs> it would have to
1: come with an understanding that. So, like, if, if, I would, if I had a solution to come up with, yeah, higher standards would be part of it. Um, increased training. So maybe do more, like, shoot, don't shoot drills. Um, not even drill or even more, you know, just, uh, like, physical training and increase funding too because you're not gonna get that by stretching people thinner than they already are. And you want a better police department? Fine, I do too. So we are gonna do that by increasing the options they have, increasing the tools that we can give them and we're gonna have to pay a little bit extra, but if this is such
0: a big issue, then that's the way to do it.
2: Well, I agree. I mean do you think do
0: you think, you know when you were on the streets of Chicago, I mean, and in these neighborhoods, did they ever, you know, did they ever tell you they wanted less of you guys around? <laughs> you know, no. Maybe. I mean, you know,
2: because they knew the shootings were going on. Yeah. You know, and they were going on with us there. So if we pulled out, you know, it's right. only going to get worse because right. now it's just a, free, is, it's a free-for-all. Which is kind of evident right now, right. really. Absolutely. I mean, here just now, before I walked, you know, got over here, four people shot on the south side of Chicago, you know, over by not too far from Sox Park um, in the Canaryville area. Four people shot, two children out of the four. You know, I mean, and and before, there was a rule amongst gang members. I mean, there was rules of engagement, which, you know, we're used to, you know, being veterans. I mean, we we knew what we were allowed to do. We knew when we could do it. And we knew how far and how much we could do. Right. Yeah. And the gangs, when I first got on the police department, it was that way. You know, if if I'm gunning for Chris, and Chris is out there with his old lady and the two kids and, you know, baby's mama, guess what?
1: I'm on wait. I'm on wait. I am wait. Yeah. Or
2: I'm going to walk right up on Chris just and right. gun him down and personally. I'm going to do it in front of the family, but he's going to catch every round. Right. And that now, would probably be
1: something where it was more personal. Like, no, nah, I don't care if his family's around.
2: Absolutely. You know, now yeah. it's like they're standing on on the south end of Broadway and, and they're right, shooting right, down right. to, you know, the Bridgestone Arena. They don't care who right. they hit. And they yeah. don't care. As long as they get Chris, if they hit five but more people, going, like, they you know,
0: don't, whatever. Yeah. Well,
2: it's, it's. I mean, it's. Like, I grew up in a. Oh, My are family's from outside
1: of Boston. I know it's not quite like Chicago, but there's a lot of the similar mentalities and different like people. that like Chicago got a lot of this uh, gang violence for some reason. Like there was a the only thing I know is there's some sort of power vacuum with all the the gangs, and now they're all in separate little groups and they're all fighting over territories. Right, and that's what's causing a
2: lot of the the shootings that go on. We you know the Chicago Police Department. We you know when I was there, we were very good at doing long-term investigations on the gangs. You know, the, the gangster disciples, the vice lords, the Latin kings, Satan disciples, you know, you name them. Jeez. We've all done long-term investigations on them and we have dismantled their hierarchy. We are very good at doing that. Um, what we're not so good at doing is once we've dismantled that hierarchy. What to do then? How do we backfill and prevent the wildings, if you will, To to take over. take over. Right. And, you know, and that's what happened was, you know, we took out Larry Hoover. We sent him to prison, you know, with our federal partners for, you know, the rest of his life. But nobody backfilled and, you know, started hammering the underlings or, you know, at least worked with them to a point.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because, like, you know, by all means, like, he should... You should, have been, yeah, you should have been arrested. That should have happened the way it happened. But, yeah, they you're saying, what's the solution afterwards? But otherwise, you just keep cutting the head off the snake,
2: and you know, it's, it just well, keeps growing back. And it does grow back, but the problem is, is until it grows back, mm-hmm. there's no rules. It's everybody trying to make a name for themselves. So it's just, it becomes the Wild West, and, you yeah. know, they don't care. Again, they don't care who they're shooting at. They don't care who's around. As long as they get bodies, that's all they care of because it, um, you know, it gives them their, their street credentials.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was a couple of years ago. I was talking to a detective in uh, the Hermitage area, and he was talking about the, the police being understaffed and kind of really spread out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I guess it's better than lowering the hiring standards just to get warm bodies in there. He looks at me and goes, nah, well, they already did that. Oh, yeah. on. Oh, no. <laughs> and every, every major
2: department's done that. I mean, when I took the test... I took the test for Chicago back in December of 91, when I got back from Desert Storm, and all said and done between April and the April test and December test for the veterans, it 36,000 people take the Chicago Police Department exam. Wow, okay. lot, and that was that was pretty consistent numbers. Any time they gave the example, well, I guess I mean it is a huge freaking city. It is, yeah. but it, now we're struggling. You know, the, the Chicago Police Department is struggling to get seven thousand people to sign up. Right. Well, right and, it, now, and it went yeah. down. Well, it went down because the economy started to you know, flout you know, flourish. Yeah, so again, I mean, was, you know, we're going to work in the private sector, make more money, or you know, oh, whatever yeah, they right. think. I'm but now, that, yeah. you know, now because of the perception with the public. Now nobody wants to. Nobody's ready to retire, right? You
0: know, why do you want to continue to do this job if you're going to go in these neighborhoods and they just don't even care? Why? Or Or you don't even have the support of your local, you know. People that are elected to help you, right? Yeah, like I mean, if you're the mayor at, is basically so, like, yeah, right, I'm like what the fuck are you supposed to do? Too. Right, right. Yes. she's you know Mary Lori Lightfoot out there just running around. I just yeah. feel like she's God. like just destroying that city. No. Goes off to Maine and takes a vacation while the you know the yeah. citizens
1: are dying and Beetlejuice doesn't give a shit.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's always it's it's been the longstanding attitude, and, and again, I don't I don't really care what party you belong to or believe in. Right. It's politicians have the, the set of rules for us, and they get their exemptions. And they get their yeah. exemptions, you know, yeah. and they just they do what they want, and then that's both parties, you know, that will always be like well, it will always be the case until but not, we, it's a rules for thee, not for me. Right, yeah. exactly. But it'll always be that until we decide to finally, you know, as a nation, right. grow a set of balls and say we have the president for eight years, but yet we've got pick them. You got Joe Biden's been in office for forty-seven years. Yeah. Ted Kennedy was there for how many years? years? You know, I mean, it, and and on the Republican and, Party too, there was still you know, until yeah. they, they they draw a line in the sand and say enough of the career politicians. that come in holier oh yeah. than thou with all these glorious dreams, but they all leave multimillionaires. Right. Well, I, that's know. what they're saying. It's it's irritating. They're like.
1: Like, they're uh, trying to get Joe Biden elected. Like, he's going to change things. Motherfucker's been in politics
0: for mm-hmm. half a goddamn a century, century. And right. hasn't done shit. Right. And then eight years well, he as it. the vice president.
1: Yeah. What about the 94 crime bill? The I 94 crime up. bill. I yeah. mean,
0: which incarcerated millions, thousands of minorities.
1: Now, yeah. now you know, he's I mean, the one that's leading the in the, the the charge. charge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come
2: now, on. Here's your guy. Yeah, Again, it's the hypocrisy. It's, it's the hypocrisy. Whichever, way, of it whichever it way the wind blows,
0: they're going to And And then a lot of the gaslighting that they just constantly do. You know, with like Joe, Joe, I'm I'm totally against fracking. There will be no more.
1: Oh yeah, no, yeah. fossil so, yeah. fuel be gone. And then he goes, oh, then he goes this place. Then he goes this place. Like no,
0: no, I'm, right. I never said. Tell Trump he's a liar. Yeah, I never said I would end fracking. It's like, right.
1: <laughs> he's just trying to say the thing that gets you elected, mm-hmm. so that. I guarantee you, like, if it happens that Biden gets elected, all this riots and stuff will stop, and they'll just dust their right. hands off like they've already won and go away. But then, but then. And then all those people are fighting. We're like, yeah. and then they just like, oh, all yeah. right, thanks for helping me get elected. See you yeah. in or, about or, three or and a virus? half years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what virus? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we don't even know what's going on. With no, Biden. you don't have to wear masks. Yeah. Yeah. Just send a mask guard in there and <laughs> smash them. Yeah. And then that's how it will end. In, and, fact, you know, <laughs> in fact, next Halloween, we're not allowing people to wear masks.
0: It's racist now. So no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But uh but yeah with you know, like you know, I know we talked about, you know, we did one earlier with my dad who was a retired deputy sheriff in the county that I grew up in, you know, and he said a lot of the same things. You know. And he you know, he was I mean it was farmtown Ohio and you know, Clark County, Sheriff's Department, you know, and he said a couple things like he goes, you know, but sometimes, you know, he goes, I was the good cop, you know, and my partner was the bad cop. You know, and sometimes you just didn't fool around with them when they decided that they said they were going to stay in the car. You just drug them out of the car. (laughs) And and, 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 and I'm willing
2: to bet Dad started policing in the 60s. '60s,
0: Yeah. He was, I'd say, about 60s. Nah, I'd say in the 70s. Yeah. Early 70s, he started doing that.
2: But, again, you're talking about different times. I mean, I was born in 1970. I mean, I... You're, right. you're, you're talking about when they they say it takes a village to raise a family. They weren't kidding about it. Now it really right. does. You know, and if you were doing something stupid in the neighborhood, right, the There's neighbor a, would call you out uh, on the, it. The neighbor right. would discipline you. Yep. Right. You know, and I, I, the and the parents would discipline you again and because and the neighborhood had to do something. yeah, because the neighbor had to do something about your 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 stupid ass. I really mm-hmm. just wish I we got
0: spanked by many of uh, another mom. I wish we could apply a, that
1: to places like Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I wish we could apply that like where people would want to take care of their own communities.
0: Right, and I think really, really, then and then just the breakdown of just you know the nuclear family in America and mm-hmm.
1: oh yeah, that's been. I forget who I
0: was watching. I'm trying to think of who it was, but he talked about you know policing in America, and he said you know because when you know there's no when there's no fathers and there's no you know fathers around for these young men, they're going to rebel. Right, they're going to rebel. And then, you know, the first man they, you know, who actually assorts authority on them Mm -hmm. is a problem. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Because they've never had anybody
2: tell them, no, Right, you're not going to do that. And you hope it's somebody (laughs) respectable and responsible, but more often than not, it's it's an adult gang member. Right. And that's why they... And they don't have
0: any care because they're only in the... If you want to talk about, you know, just being in that in that... Uh, life System been, that was created really by, if you think about it, by the Democrats. LBJ created the nice. Great Society, which was created the baby mama climate, right. and said, "Hey, you know, for every kid you have, the father doesn't have to be there. Actually, if he's there, you're not going to get the money." Right. I think that was
1: a big. You know? Yeah, I think yeah. that was a big part of it. Another big part of it is our glorification of that life, that sort of. Uh, Baby mama, fucking you know, gangster kind of lifestyle, and kind of then know they, they, they started kind of wearing warm. it
0: as a badge, like, oh, I got all these baby mamas mm-hmm. and all these well, kids. That, well, that goes outside <laughs> of like the the race issue too, because even in
1: other uh, cities that are predominantly white, like all the there's still like mm-hmm. just yeah. dirt dirtbag, you know. Uh, I grew up in probably the biggest white
0: trash city in Ohio, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah. And it's, but it's that similar <laughs> mentality is that I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't take personal responsibility for everything I do, and it kind of goes back, and I think, I think that everything is pointless, so they're just fucking because they've never had any structure,
0: right? Never yeah.
1: had, never been shown anything. So obviously, you look around the world, and, oh, this is yeah. what's out there.
0: Yeah, exactly, like it. I said. Yeah, but the town I grew up in, you know, in Ohio, is every time I go back there, I just like. It just keeps getting worse, Yeah, you know? I mean, it was already yeah. kind of on the decline when I grew up there. Oh, yeah. You know, in a very kind of depressed kind of well, area. I grew up we, in
1: Vermont, and the uh, opioid epidemic destroyed a lot yeah. of the
0: smaller the same towns, way. Now yeah. you go there, yeah. and, you know, in Ohio. And you the know, meth problem. The problem is meth problem. The meth problem. It seems to be more yeah. of a southern drug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what, what, do you
2: do you have it in the Midwest, too, in the more rural areas. That's I mean, true. Yeah, yeah Midwest. You know? Yeah, the, the, the
0: Midwesterners—they—they—they they, they, they paid attention in chemistry lab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the one class, the one yeah. class. The one class they paid attention. attention. Shop yeah. class, yeah. chemistry, All right, so,
2: <laughs> acid and base. Okay, they, let me just remember that. You know, yeah. I. But you know, and again, I'll play. I'll play the sociological. You know, I'll bite at that. Yeah. You know, I get it. When you have shit schools, when you have single yeah. parents, when you have you know. Uh, you know, but there's still so you, you call them call them whatever you want. I'm up in Chicago. We call them food deserts. You know, yeah. Right. Um, you know, when when you're living on you know Fritos and, and pop all the time and, and not eating like you should and right. You know, smoking packs of cigarettes. I mean, you know, they've only been saying since you know the, the late '70s, early '80s that smoking's bad for you. You know, right. I mean, so you know, again, I, I understand the sociological point. The, the problem is. Is again like you said, you know, this has been going on since LBJ, it's been encouraged. Yeah, and we're just now you know starting to fight against yeah. it. Again. Right. I mean we I had guys that I worked with on the department up north that grew up in Cabrini Green. Okay? And fine. They you know, some were black, some were, you know, Italian, some were Polish, some were yeah. um, you know, whatever nationality you can you can decide on. But they used it for what it was. It was temporary housing to get you back on your feet, right? You know, and when they yeah. started to shut down Cabrini Green, they were protesting like, "You're you're taking our house away? No, we're taking our shit back." I mean, you know, they, right. you didn't want to live in high rises, so we're tearing them you down. Hated
1: it. Didn't do anything positive with it, right? And yeah. just kind of tore the areas down. So it's like you can, yeah. That's the thing is that you need to stop infantilizing. Black people. Like, you need to stop, like, you know, it's just letting the cycle of, of victimhood go, is because there, is, there are too many um, black people out there that that are successful. Mm-hmm. And that right. have do, that you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between them and, you know, Anybody. anyone else. But well, well, they right got the neighborhood. You, exactly. <laughs> but they see well, that look as at some sort of like assimilation that they're not willing to go to, like, oh, white people have kept this down, they've eaten this down. So if you If you get too educated or you speak too properly or you study, you know, a lot in school, like, that's not looked upon well by people in in those neighborhoods in Chicago. Like, to be somebody who's who's trying to make themselves better, they just want to perpetuate this cycle of just... Like that, that victimhood, really. that oh, yeah.
0: victimhood, and gangster lifestyle. I'm, I'm being held down by it's the like man using it to justify your It's decisions. Here not, comes the police to beat us down again. It's not their fault, but it's everyone's problem.
2: Right. right. But
1: you know, at some point, you have to take personal responsibility for the things you do.
2: Yeah. Right. And That's the truth. But, but again, you know, and it's not just you know the poor you know communities. It's. You, you really it's society as a whole i mean you know we're we're in the middle of the trophy you know that's generation not just for the chicago come. area that's for everybody Every, yeah. everybody gets a trophy everybody participates you know right. no your kid sits in center field and picks his knolls and plays with flowers. Yeah. He should not get a
1: troll. Yeah, and what are you doing for that kid? You're basically, you're you're setting you're, up his, his or her life so that they don't have goals. Mm-hmm. Goals are meaningless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you get to the adult life and goals are meaningless, guess what? You're not going to do right. shit. Right. You know, and I, I mean, even when
0: if you look and say the, the kid because in, the, wanted to be in nice. the center field who's just out there playing with flowers and picking his nose, obviously, you know, baseball is not the right choice for him. Right. Yeah, Maybe exactly. we should find Band or art or something else. Get pottery classes or something. take those boogers make a vase. Is, yeah. yeah, right. You Turns know? out to a positive. But you yeah. know, now it's just like, oh, then then they have this. Then you have, like I said, then you have this kid who doesn't not well at baseball, but he got a trophy, mm-hmm. and he's like, look, I, I did great in baseball. Right. No, you did. No, you were terrible. Right.
1: <laughs> so they'll, they'll never understand the difference and feeling somebody that you have yes. between just somebody giving you something, which is nice if somebody gives you something but it feels so much better when you work hard and you earn something mm-hmm. and you get that reward and you're like oh I get it you're like I get with <laughs> <I get> <laughs> there's, there's, this is there's about. fulfillment <laughs> you know? yeah.
2: i mean and you, you look at you know i mean again you know nothing ever goes smoothly so okay you know what i mean like thomas edison said you know i didn't uh, i didn't learn you know 150, 000, well, you know, 150, 150 ways course, to make a light bulb. If, well, according, according to Joe Biden, yeah. yeah. Thomas Edison did not make the light bulb. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, But I found one hundred fifty ways <laughs> not to do to it. Do you it. Know? Yeah. So, he's yeah. probably in the same fucking room with the guy. Black guy, actually, a black guy
0: made the light bulb. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> yeah, piece from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Oh jeez. And so, uh, I, like to the point when I was watching that video when he was like in that church in Kenosha and giving his speech to like six people and and his and his security team. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> And he was like, there was one point where he just kind of like, just turned around and like, was like walking backwards, just back against the audience and just kind of like talking to Mike. Mm-hmm. Then he turned around and he's like, I had this surprised look on his face. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And then he like whispered into the mic like this and said that America's being destroyed by Donald Trump. Yeah. I'm like, what you is know, going on? I like, like, almost felt so sorry for the guy. Brian. He used or to or be yeah.
1: disingenuous, <laughs> but now he's just like a fucking sentient house plan. Like they'll just they'll roll him out here like okay Joe here you go yeah. just read the fucking prompter which whoever made the the teleprompts, like can you use yeah. a larger font cuz i can tell he can't read half of the shit yeah. so he just tries to ad lib and that's the worst thing he can you can do. do yeah
0: and then then you know we they had this, try to help the this, this this black lady get up and ask him a question and she's like you know they gave me a piece of paper that you know that i was supposed to read off of she go, he goes but i'm going to tell you he goes, i i can't do she's like i can't do this
2: he should have looked at her. and said, gonna ask, you know, I'm going to ask a question
0: that but I want
1: to hear. Yeah. You know? And Biden should have looked at her and said, you know what, it's okay. I can't read the teleprompter
2: either.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, yeah, just wanting the truth, you know. Well, That's at, a big at, thing,
2: yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you, you look outside of the election. I mean, going back to what Jay was talking about before, you know, with, with things that could help law enforcement with training and funding. right? And, you know.
0: I'm, I'm you, all for you, it, you, but you, I mean, really, even my dad said he goes, he goes, like he goes, like the training that he goes when I when I first started getting on the, with the sheriff's department in Clark County, he goes, it's completely different than it was then. He goes, really, he goes, I came in, you know, I, you know, went through a small academy, it was about mm-hmm. about a month or so, and most of it I learned on the job, right?
2: Absolutely. And he goes, and
0: that was kind of the training, but he goes, as time progressed, we got involved with more training, right? Like in the 80s, we we really started like you know. You know, no, you, you just don't want to go in there and bust heads. Right. You need to kind of get in there and like. And he's like he's like something that he goes. I, I always did that anyway. He goes. I'd rather de-escalate a situation way before. Right. He goes. The last thing I want to do is draw my gun. Right. Exactly. That's the last fucking thing I want to do. You know? you know. I mean. <laughs>
2: and that's and that's the big misconception is. You know, and again, I, I blame the media because mm-hmm. this is the because they think they, is, they portray the police as these trigger happy guys out there. You know, I mean, we go. I mean, I I, <laughs> I will tell you, uh, you know, the one thing I about working in law enforcement is I don't believe in absolutes. Right. Um, you know, nobody's absolutely guilty. Nobody's absolutely innocent. Nobody's, you know, uh, whatever. I mean, pick it's just absolutes. I don't really necessarily agree with. However, I will say as close to an absolute as I can get, you know, I truly do not believe there is anybody in law enforcement, regardless of the color of the uniform they wear, whether they wear a badge, a shield, uh, you know, a five-point star, a seven-point star, it makes no difference. Nobody wakes up and says, you know what, it's, you know, September 10th, Ah, you know what, screw it, I'm going to shoot someone today. Yeah. You know, nobody. (laughs) Everybody that works in law enforcement hopes to go that thirty-year career, and just not exist, but just get by. Right. It seems
1: like any of the uh, any of the the things like that that come from police officers are always from officers who have gotten into some trouble before or it wasn't really a thing they planned to do, but it was just kind of opportunistic and there maybe there was something else coupled with it, you mm-hmm. know, that they're fucking going through something else and then it was just, you know, a bad mindset and then worse situation, and then they're like, fuck it. So it's it's to have this idea is that like you said, like they wake up and go, Ah, oh, you know what? I'm gonna unfairly uh Find somebody, throw them in jail, beat the shit out of them, right? Or right. Maybe shoot them. Yeah. We'll, see, never, how, we'll never, see how the
2: day goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, so I mean, that's about as close to an absolute. I, I, always,
0: good. I always feel like you know, is that police officers go where the crime is?
2: Exactly. It's like
0: if you're most of the time, you know, if there's nothing going on, you're sitting in your car, hmm. maybe monitoring some traffic, yep. listening to what's going on, right? And you
2: know, and then
0: okay, there's crime. I'm going to go to that now. It's not like you're just cruising around going. That's the guy right there. Right. That's that's um, not that's not how it works. And they no. think they think that's what yeah. that's what the media portrays them as. That you guys are just predators out there on the street right. no, people down. Really, it's
1: supposed <laughs> to be the people that run towards danger. True. As right. everybody like <laughs> right. has as to everybody's running away from running it. Away from they're from it. supposed <laughs> to be the ones that are like, all right, let's figure out what's going on, and if we need to do something about it, let's do that.
2: You know, I mean, you you, you look at any of the you know the YouTube videos of you know. Tragic things that have happened, whether it be law enforcement killed or law enforcement involved shootings or, or mm. whatever, mm. you know. Yes, there is a higher likelihood in departments like Chicago or Boston or you know NYPD mm-hmm. or LAPD right. or you know any of your major mo- metropolitan areas it's concentrated because you have the volume of there. people exactly. Yeah. You know, but you look at a lot of those those oh shit moments, as I call them, you know, where. Police officers are just doing their day-to-day mundane routine, yeah, yeah. and holy crap, I'm in the middle of a shootout. It oh, tends is. to be small-town rural America, you know, right. because there's that false sense of security. You know, I work in, you know, Lebanon, Tennessee, or I work in, you know, pick, you know, Pigeon Forge. You know, I'm in a touristy area. Nothing's gonna happen. You know what? You, you watch you never those know. videos. Oh, yeah. yeah, you, you, you never you, you, know. You wear a badge. You wear, you know. Yeah, a I uniform mean, shirt, whether you're working in rural Ohio you know, or, or Chicago, it doesn't matter. Right. It's still yeah, law it's, enforcement. Yeah. It's mm-hmm.
0: you know, my dad would tell me like, you know, as as when it, you know, just kind of like you know, I guess domestic violence was, you know, rampant, you know, in, in a lot of the depressed the areas in and around Ohio. It yeah. was just mm-hmm. Kind of that that white trash mentality. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, stay <laughs> home barefoot and pregnant. Stay home, and barefoot you know. and pregnant, you know. And people, you know, and then in, in Ohio being very much part of the rust belt, and that was kind of like when the auto workers you know, and yeah, the, yeah. the unions were kind of leaving the, the 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 American car industry was in the toilet. So mm-hmm. a lot of, so towns, a lot of people main, getting laid off, yeah, un- unemployment. Of making money. So, which you know, in turn, you know, created a lot of depression. Well, I think that's a big part of it, that it that too. Is you did. need
1: to keep jobs in there, and you need right. to keep a reason for people to wake up and go to right. work, because otherwise, right. they're just going to start doing stupid shit right. and find in trouble. And find in trouble,
0: and that's what happened. They would find trouble yeah. and. And really what happened I, in, in my town was it was it was the drug trade. Yeah. And it was and the great thing about Springfield was it laid in between Dayton and Columbus. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the big-time drug dealers would live in that town. Right. That makes sense. And let that – and make that flow, right. you know?
2: they they ship it to the two <laughs> extremes. <laughs> and they are living right. in, you know, the nice, peaceful and area. And, and know, then um, – Trying to stay off the radar. Trying to stay off <laughs> the radar.
0: And, of course, you know, and I always felt that, you know, the Springfield Police Department was not, you know, the most – reputable police department to be honest with mm-hmm. you and sometimes you know I think the sheriff's department was better mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, than, the, yeah. than the Springfield PD I'm sure a lot of those guys were paid off to look the other way and you know I told I think I told Jason this story where there was a guy who used to you know restore old cars in our town oh, Mershon's yeah. <laughs> and he'd fix up old cars and then he'd ship them out across the United States people would buy them mm-hmm. and he'd always have them like stop They they always show up at somebody else's shop but what they discovered was is that he was packing the seats mm-hmm. with cocaine yep. and shipping it out to all these places. And then when they'd get there, they'd slice open the seats and pull the cocaine out. And, and put and a new seat spray. in. And, yeah, exactly. But yeah, just the insanity. You know, I mean, I mean as, a, as a young kid, just, just really lumpy, growing right? up. What's know, going on back here? You know, yeah. you and just of being in that environment, <laughs> even though my dad was a police officer, I was not the best kid. Yeah. You know, I found that shit and screwed around with it. And I'm just thinking, I'd never... If I, if I wanted to take a hit of acid, there was no problem. Yeah. I could find it in that time, well, in kind of a second, like,
1: you know? <laughs> one of the funny things, like being a cop. Yeah, like family friend that's one, like I've lived with uh, people who are in the police department. Like, they're really, like, it's just like a person. So I, I wonder how much cops, like, are like understand that people are people. And, you know, it's, uh, so it's, you can't look at somebody like, you know, like anybody's going to be a model right. citizen. And I don't think that's the way it's intended to be anyway. Right nobody out there has never broken a law in their life unless you've been in a coma for your entire fucking right. life and, and if, it's had, a, I'm, I'm yeah. gonna if you have I'm going to go on a until so like, you still are you are, are intensely
0: repressed we've all sped Come on. we've yeah. all rolled through the stop sign yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. live yeah. it up yeah. do turn I've over we totally cut Robert the phone in my we, hand we've cut the light when it was
1: red exactly because the laws are are meant to be you know proportioned that way so that you can take people and apply them as they should be applied. So does that—that's the same thing with like judges. Like, does that mean everybody that comes in gets a maximum sentence? That's why you have a minimum and a maximum. You're right. supposed exactly. to determine right. how severe that individual crime was, not based just off the law solely, because you can't do it like that. Otherwise, it would just be it would be the oppression that they're trying to claim it is. It's, like it's, right.
2: I, you know, and I, and I will agree with you to a point on that. However, I will disagree on a point. Sure. Um, I, I, I get, and I under, I agree with you when it comes to the, the minimums and maximums when it comes to sentencing guidelines and, and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, you know, and this is where it gets thrown in our face, you know, that we're only enforcing laws because, you know, they, the person we're dealing with at that time is of a particular demographic, whether you no, know, yeah, whether it be black, white, Hispanic, you know, whatever. Sure it makes you, no, no sure difference. You've but, gotten mad a few yeah, times, yeah. But, you know, the thing is, is I, I truly... Think that the law, you know, not to sound like Judge Dredd, but you know, the law is the law, <laughs> right? Yeah, it is. You know, this is this is the expected conduct uh-huh. that society demands, and that's why the legislation was passed. Okay. However, I think you'll agree with me on this. Is and I, I'll tell you the quick story just to get to the point. But after the Ferguson, yeah, no, I mean, after the Ferguson the issue, um, you know, with. Um, yeah, the shooting the, down hands, there. Hands up, don't shoot. Yeah, hands was up, don't, don't shoot. Out to shoot. be a lie. Uh, right, really uh, exactly. Yeah. But I, I had the occasion. I got invited to my old high school, um, up in Chicago, or actually the Chicago suburbs, uh, to, to, to speak. No, to speak. Oh, cool. Um, it was a, it was a, a dais of alumni working in multiple facets. I was the law enforcement representative. There were others, um, you yeah, know, in the, in the legal. But it was dealing with diversity and, and what have you. And we were doing this over the lunch hours. So we were there for the better part of three hours. And, you know, the last group comes in and, you know, we go through our spiel and, um, you know, young black girl raises her hand and, you know, when I went to Loyal Academy, it, we had some, there wasn't a lot, you know, of, of minority students there. Um, but they've, they've gotten better and, and, you know, there are more minorities there. And, and the girl asks, she goes, you know, my question's for the law enforcement representative. You know, obviously being a girl of color and having brothers and hopefully, you know, having kids one day, what would they need to do to avoid a conflict with the, with the police? Well, and I kind of chuckled in the mic and I said, me. I said, I'm sorry. I said, please do not take my chuckle as disrespect. I said, but this is part of the problem. I said, we've been here three hours going on four and you're the first person to ask anything close to that. People are afraid to
1: because they yeah, they're afraid to talk because they've been sold this mentality that you're just out to get them.
2: Right. So I you know, I said you know, first off I said the biggest thing is communication. I said and that's I agree, yeah. And that's going to and from the police. Yeah. I, I will be the first to admit yeah. law enforcement is not very good at communicating at times with the civilian population. I will readily admit that. And part of it is because of maybe the training at the original time or, or mm-hmm. what have you. Yeah. Um, but I said, you know, I said, here's the thing. I said, everybody wants to make it about race. <laughs> I said, and, I, and I'm sorry. I said, I respectfully disagree. Um, I said, I, you know, I'm white. I'm, I'm, you know, lily white Irish Catholic kid, and I've got two boys that I'm raising, and they're being raised the same way that the black community argues they shouldn't have to raise their children, you know, telling them how to keep their hands on the steering wheel. That's how I was tra- brought up when he gets stopped by the police. So I said, you know, here we are in 2016. I go, everybody thinks this should be RoboCop. I said, but that would present a whole different set of problems. I said, me as a human, I have discretion. So yes, we do have laws. I will say the law is the law.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: But I think to what you were trying to say, with the police officers having discretion, do we arrest everybody we come into contact with? Absolutely not. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I can stop somebody knowing they're suspended. Okay, fine, they're supposed to go to jail. They're supposed to get tickets. You know what? He's down on his luck. He's got a family, The two car seats. He's trying to work two jobs. You know what? Dude, get your stuff taken Yeah,
1: maybe the point I was trying to make got uh, um, skewed, but that's actually... But the the yeah. point I was trying to make is, you know, you have that discretion. You mm-hmm. can have that ability as a human being to make that decision and not be so bound by the law where right. you have to. You know, this is the only way you can do. Like your Judge Dredd, right. right? Exactly. Because the only way you do that is, like you say, if you lower your hiring standards enough, you're going to have to do that. Yeah. Because you're not going to be able to allow people to make their own decisions, which they think they're solving everything by being hyper uh, aggressive with, like, all right, you can't do this, and we need this individual committee for this, and every little thing you do. Needs to do. I have no problem with like body cameras or anything like that. I think mm-hmm. they're good. I think that you know I right. like them and everything like that. But there's a mentality that you have where you're trying to live strictly by the law because you don't trust people's ability to make their own decisions, that's inherently wrong. Right.
0: Exactly, yeah, agree. But then you know, with, with that too comes with a, a huge amount of self accountability. You know, there's one thing yep. that I learned actually, you know, as well, a as they young said, man, great you know, power I got, comes great responsibility. I got, you know, in trouble in my own neighborhood and you know but my dad figured it out police officer mm-hmm. he's probably a pretty smart guy yeah you know and he calls me out on it you yeah, know at sure the you dinner table they told you about. and he goes <laughs> right. and he's like you know what I have to do right he goes I was like I know what you have to do dad and you know he went and called <laughs> the police <Yeah. laughs> you know oh, right. he's like I can't that, it's, that's completely wrong for me to, to, to try to, to protect to, you right to sweep this your, under the rug to sweep this under the rug when I know it's you and and he told me he he was that was the, that was the only time he was ever cool about any bad things that I did. Yeah. You know, hoping that maybe I would have learned through that lesson. But I had to go out and try a few more things, and oh, yeah. yeah, you know, then you got smacked around a little bit. But then you know, I tell people it's like I don't think my dad abused me, but no, but any but
2: any ass whooping that I got from him was pretty
0: much deserved. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah.
2: I mean, I tell the story. You know, I mean, I, I've got the two teenagers now. <laughs> you know, and I told them the story because they love Grandpa. He's so funny. He's so friendly. Yeah. They go yeah, because yeah. he's the grandfather. Yeah. yeah, you didn't know. You, know, yeah, you go home. I said, you know, <laughs> junior, junior year, when I went to homecoming the one year, and everybody was taking the you know pictures with their dates facing the left, I had to take mine facing the right because my right eye was still shut. And, uh, you know <laughs> yeah. you what, know, well, I, I raised my hand to my dad. I was, you know, what, 17 probably at the time. Yeah. And I got my ass whooped, and I deserved it. And, yeah. you know, my dad's 83, and to this day, I will not raise my hand to him. You know, yep. and again, you know, you're going to have your growing pains. You just hope that oh, the, yeah. you hope that the growing pains aren't you going to be to lifelong it. problems. You know, yeah, I mean, permanent. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm not going to lie
0: that you know I've, I, I've, I've, you know, you know, gotten into it with mostly my older daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, not with my younger daughter, but you know, I've, I've, i my kid around in the head a couple of times mm-hmm. just because just wouldn't listen. You yeah. know. You know, I, I cleared out some little pet shops when they were kids, when they wouldn't clean, <laughs> right. you know, when oh, they went clean shit right. up, and you know, and I just yeah, remember absolutely. their terrified little faces when I went out there and just kicked them clear across the room. You know, yeah, that was, yeah, that was a big part. growing
2: then up, I thought, then I thought, then
0: but I, but as a dad, I went back downstairs and I'm like. That that's was that was
2: that was actually pretty terrible. And, you know what, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and again, I say this cautiously because yes, there is a difference between abuse and discipline. But, yeah. Correct. <laughs> um, but I think, and again, this is just my well, opinion, yeah. and, and if you disagree, tell me. But I think a healthy fear of your parents and the police is yeah. a good thing.
1: Is a good yeah. thing. No, I think we can talk about like yeah, context and subtlety, and there there is a point where you go too far, and I think it has to do with your mentality of like, okay. Why are you doing this and is this necessary? Like if it gets to a point where the only thing that's gonna help the the this Child, this person you're trying to raise to be a competent person in the world it was a rip on the ass. Yeah, and rap, yeah. On, yeah. and I, I, that's I, I, what it comes down you to. Know, I've what, speck- you know, if there are other reasons that you're doing it, like you know, it's like well, if the they didn't, anger shit yeah. like that. Yeah, then, I they, mean, if
2: they didn't clean the room and Chris brings the nunchucks up there and starts doing the Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Lee impersonation, <laughs> and Enter the Dragon. And, I, okay, I'm gonna call bullshit. You I mean, you know, I my kids in the grocery store. You know, they
0: when they were young, know, they're just in there screaming their heads off and. You know, I smacked him on the butt, and I like, oh. get looks at from like other people in there, and I just looked at him like it's not your kid. Yeah. Do you want to hear this? No. I think it helped. I, I don't want to hear it. I think it helped when I was younger.
1: My <laughs> mom. We're getting like, out. We would <laughs> we're go leaving the grocery store when I was really young. Like you know couple years old four or five, God, or whatever. I think, I think, like, I think my be mom those wore kids. me out in the grocery <laughs>
0: store with like one of the spatulas like they had hanging on them well there'd be those, those <laughs> no, kids the... in the grocery store <laughs> the they wheeled around in the cart and everything
1: and there'd be kids and they're screaming in the aisles and she'd point the kids out to me <laughs> and, she, and we would basically like Man, this is what started I said, here we would kind of make fun of those kids <laughs> uh-huh. for being spoiled brats and that's what started at a young age uh, and it got the mentality like Oh, if you do that, people don't like you.
0: you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, growing up, all my dad had to say was, "You want to go for a walk?" No, I know, know what happens <laughs> on those walks. Yeah, it's you know, always and, bad news for me. And if you see Garrett and you say, "Hey, you want to go for a walk?" He'll be like, "He'll no," yeah. <laughs> you know, he's had one or two already. <laughs> it's just
0: like, yeah, you know, and I think the old adage is, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying you know there's not there's like I said there's discipline and then there's abuse. Right. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> so not to switch and up it, the subject too much, but you mentioned Judge Dredd, and I, <laughs> one of the questions I wanted to ask you, I just is keep that, hearing in my head. Well, <laughs> you know, I grew up in like the late '80s, early '90s, and everything. So like, you know, there's a lot of that's when like cop movies are really popular, and then I had like people like. So do you have like a favorite uh, cop character? From some period, like if you had to pick somebody <laughs> that you Do were I? like. <laughs>
2: um, yes, and actually my wife will laugh about it all the time. <laughs> so Chris and I are close in age. Um, I think it was a couple months apart, if I remember correctly. Right, about a year. Yeah. A 69. Yeah, oh. so um, for me, in my humble opinion, the best all-time TV police show was Hill Street Blues. Fair enough. Yeah, and that it was, was a really and, good and show. And it was based on the Chicago Police Department, but you couldn't call it the Chicago Police Department, uh, so that's why okay. it was Metro. That makes, uh, <laughs> was that makes sense. And Mick Belker was the guy that yeah. I wanted to be. You know, yeah, somebody. That was, um, you know, working the streets, chasing really
0: people down, and a groundbreaking show too. Yes, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. as far as TV went and TV drama. Mm-hmm. And really, kind of like kind of brought that
2: kind of grittiness in of the and, and the imperfection of, of law of, of, of law police officers and law enforcement. You know, because yeah. you had somebody who was an alcoholic, you had a multi-divorced, you know, yeah. captain. You know, I mean, having yeah. an affair. It just, you know, Stephen J. Can, uh, Cannell was just magnificent writing that show. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I, I'll still watch it. But yeah, yeah I think Mick Belker was, yeah. you know, that was one of the driving. I mean, I always loved the older you know, rookies and SWAT, you know, from the 70s. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, SWAT was always yes, fun. But, and then Carrelson, was it uh, Adam 12? Adam 12, yeah, Adam and then, 12 you know, Emergency, if yeah, you needed the fire yeah. show. <laughs> um, yeah, I but I that. think once I got old enough, when I kind of knew this is what I wanted to do, Hill Street Blues was the one that kind of really pulled me in, yeah. and, and it was, was good. Going, well, like you definitely. said, it's like
1: when you're younger and, you know, hearing the sirens and stuff and wanting to go check it out, I was like, I bet there is a... A TV character, or a TV show, where oh, you saw yeah. that guy I was like, I want to be like.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and I, here I'll even tell you, like, we we traveled to California the one year, and I, and I found the firehouse that they filmed. Emergency at night. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's know, awesome. and, I mean, and I can that's still awesome. tell you, you know, every time they got a call and they had a run, no, it was still, a rampart. It, yeah, but it was always <laughs> Station Fifty One Ten Four KMG Three Six Five. They yeah. always used their FCC identifier. Okay. I still remember it. You Why wish. I remember it, I don't know. <laughs> but I it's just guess that's funny, yeah, you It's yeah, yeah. pretty funny, you know. Like Ruth says, if I can get you to remember to clean the house, we'd be doing good. Yeah. But you remember that's, this shit? You know, that so. sounds
0: like my my useless knowledge of rock and roll.
2: Hmm.
0: No, it's not useless. Or Movie lines for or me. Movie you know? lines. Oh, I <laughs> yeah, quote, quote many a movie. No, oh, yeah. I know. All the time. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm glad I found like throughout my travels. The small community of people who get way too into
0: movies. Yeah. <laughs> like I you know, you know when you like working in kitchens, you know you found you know yeah, kitchen uh, people uh, for some you, reason those you motherfuckers find, you watch find a lot kindred of hearts when you spout something a movie line and they and they shout the answer. <laughs> you, back yeah, oh you, yeah, or like, finish the line. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's your challenge. task, exactly. exactly. where it'd be like you're in, yep. you're in the
1: group. Exactly. Like, We're gonna be friends <laughs> now. Yeah, I gotta, you know, I. Yeah, you guys got a few years on me and everything like that, but my thing was, like, uh, John McClane, like, Die Hard. Yeah, through, yeah. And, yeah. Well, I always loved like, a little Die uh, Hard. You know, about. it's, yeah. I was in the Boston area of New York City. Was, like, that's close enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would say that the, the last probably, like, you know, over-the-top cop movie for me would have been Cobra from, from <sighs> Stallone. Yeah. Cobra was so like that was, like, a, like the, they, just that kind of over-the-top Yeah you know just renegade police officer out yeah. there well there is a little you know, bit getting yeah, fired that from copy, the cheese it's that cop who you know is a good person like, but he doesn't
1: exactly play by, by the, the rules, rules and he's kind right. of grizzled and well, like, he's kind of, Dirty you know, Harry Dirty, dirty yeah, Harry yeah Dirty, dirty Eastwood's exactly. fantastic. he's you know the scene y'all. him
2: overlooking San Francisco Bay and the partner comes up and you know don't tell me the blood and the guts and the gores finally got to Harry Callahan. you know I can still deal with that. You know what bothers me? No, what, Harry? <laughs> how you can put ketchup on a hot dog. <laughs> nobody, and I mean nobody puts ketchup on a hot dog, you know. I mean, just, it's that, it's, it's that. It's a little shit, though, yeah. It's, it's that, makes... and I hate to say it, but, I mean, you know, part of it, it's a survival mechanism for yeah. first responders is, is kind of that dark humor that, you know, Right. Well, it's, it, yeah, it's yeah, not being disrespectful i noticed scenes, it about but, that. but. Yeah,
1: first responders, military, people in the mm-hmm. medical field, mm-hmm. like people who are like surgeons or in the in ER the and stuff yep, like yeah, that. yep. Like, they all have that same dark mentality. So, like, that's the way you deal Google with malevolence, movements. and that's the way you deal with death. And that's, to this yeah. day, you know, that's the big thing about comedy. I love comedy. It's that tragedy plus time. Yeah. You need to yeah. take something that should be horrible, and it's just funny because at some point, there's just nothing yeah. you can do about right. it. There's nothing you can right. do to Absolutely prevent that. it from happening. And, and I've
0: said that to people.
1: Because otherwise, they will just take you over. You oh, know, yeah. You know.
2: and, but, and, again, not to get off on, a, on another side note, it, but it's just... We in law enforcement, right, wrong, or indifferent—you know—even if we start off as the most amicable, you know, wide-eyed, naive person, you know, when we first get on, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent—we're changed when we leave. Correct. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, and I—if I—and I said that to one of the, the the bosses when I had my exit interview. I, you know, if I really look at how I was when I first became the police, leaving Chicago PD. You know, I, you know. I, dare I say, I'm. You're not the same I'm person. I'm. I know. I'm. I'm changed. I might be. You know. Dare you even say damaged a little bit. Um, right. You know. You. you I don't want to say. You have it, to be a mild sociopath not to be. That's well, so you, know, <laughs> you know. I think everybody is it, but it, I, my point is, is it's how you deal with it. Um, that's that's and, a good and, point. And I've had. Yeah. But luckily. I mean, I have a great wife, even though she wants to kill me half the time. <laughs> right. Well, that's normal with wives. Right, I exactly. That. They, they think yeah. they're crazy. But I've had, a, with you. I've had a core group of friends since <laughs> kindergarten. Yeah. Oh, nice. And, you know, she will sit there and go, I just, she goes, I love your friends, Yeah, but I just don't get it. <laughs> I go, what do you mean? She goes, huh. you're living here. Pat's in, you know, western Illinois. Tony's up in Wis- upper peninsula of mm-hmm. Wisconsin. He does their own thing. You know, Britt yeah. But you and guys, it doesn't matter. Better. You, you get around really a, a card table, and it's like you never you lost the, the stuff. Was yeah. That yeah, was no, a that big uh,
1: military so thing for me. Like, a lot of my friends, because uh, we get on separate um, blood. Yeah. Yeah, the only place I went out of the country was in Guatemala. But, like, I went to my, you know, deployment down in Guatemala, and friends went to uh, uh, Afghanistan. And then, like, you know, he came back at the same time, and I hadn't seen him for a year and a half. And then, like, it was like, we just talked yesterday, we just picked right up, and after end-of-day formations like, alright, meeting at the, there was a bar like, right off post, we knew the owner and stuff, meeting here yep, and we just, like, picked right up where we left off before, yeah, yeah. like, nothing was changed, yeah, nothing was changed. It didn't matter the time period that went by, that was still, you know a person that I knew, and we were just like right back right. to where it was yep.
0: never ended yep. well i think well we're coming up on an hour right now oh wow that was yeah bad. it was by, yeah. it by, by quick really quick
1: i think it was you know we could go you. i'm not going full joe rogan
0: and I. i'm not yeah. doing three hours i can't yeah. three hours <laughs> no but you know I, I i appreciate you coming over and talking with us tonight sean and yeah kind great. of giving your insight you know to what it's really like and and letting people know that hey you know what Police officer, are actually, people too, just like us. Yeah, there's yeah, a person. You know, behind there's a the the person badge. behind the badge. Yeah. There's a person out there who cares. Actually, probably cares more about you than you think. <laughs> you, <Yeah>. know?
2: <laughs> I, you know. You know. There's one thing I can say before we end. You know, again, going back to what I said earlier, I, I, I'm I'm not a person of absolutes, but in my heart of heart, like I said, I don't believe what, and I'm not going to say mainstream. But just I don't believe what the media. Or the the certain camps are saying that you know yeah. law enforcement is is wild and and you know off the handle yeah. you know nobody wakes up saying that this is what they want to deal with um, right. right you know they're there to do the job they're there to do it the right way right. and yeah. you know again there's a human element to law, you know to police work and there needs to be a human element yeah. to police right. work
0: and you know and, I, and I, 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 I firmly agree that you know that you know law enforcement is is what keeps us, you know, from being, it keeps us being a civilized society. Yeah,
2: absolutely. It's kicking us off.
0: All right, well, that's it. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. I'm here to remind everyone, if you're concerned with voter fraud, through the mail, there's a simple solution. Wake up on voting day, take a shower, have some coffee, get in your car, Drive to your polling place. Get out of your car. Put your mask on if you have to. Stand in line. Put your turn. And then vote. That's how easy it is.